Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show on blogtalkradio.com, starring the world-renowned pet psychic, Laura Stinchfield. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Stinchfield, the pet psychic. I can hear animals telepathically who are living now, as well as those who have crossed over. I dedicate my life to teaching humans and animals how to understand each other better. Better. Log on to www.thepetpsychic.com where you will find out tons more about Laura the Pet Psychic, tips on animal communication, and animal behavior. You are listening to the Pet Psychic Radio Show on blogtalkradio.com. Call in at 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. Log into our chat room where you can chat with other listeners, myself and Laura. I'm your producer and co-host, Aiku Sahara. We have Kendra and Yana on the phone lines. Um, hi, everyone. Today's my six-month uh, living donor liver transplant anniversary. Yay! I'm alive, and my mom's alive, and um, science is pretty amazing. Yes, it is. I'm so happy you're still alive. <laughs> Me too. I'm I'm really happy. Or else I'd have to you'd have to do the show and then talk to me while I was dead and oh, would be I said I could talk to you when you were dead and <laughs> you'd have to translate the whole show like I says blah blah blah. <laughs> um <laughs> but anyways, everything's going good. My my liver's doing well and my mom is like totally doing amazingly and driving around Los Angeles and totally fine. And so I wanted to talk today about, um, you know, how our sicknesses and our disease affects our animals and how they deal with it both emotionally. Um, what can we do when we're sick um, to help them get through it as uh, the hardships and what can they do for us? So I thought maybe we could talk about that. Hmm. Well, I think one of the main things that's important, like if you're terminally ill um, or if that you really talk about what's going to happen on the other side, like that if you do die, that your animal will be able to actually see you and um, be able to talk to you, and that if your animal does see you once you've passed away, not to be scared. I think that's important. Um, But also to tell the animals to separate themselves from us a little bit because oftentimes they take so much of our pain and internalize it. And it's great that they can be there to comfort us, but they also have to sort of let go and it's okay for them to have fun and to enjoy themselves also. Yeah, that's really important because my aunt just got diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer the other day. Mm -hmm. And it's been really hard. I think she was telling me that her animals who are currently at home with my uncle, um, you know, have a hard time and one of the dogs in particular gets depressed when my aunt's not around. So what can, yeah, what can we tell Momo as the dog, but what can we tell Momo about um, her disease and what to expect? Because she's kind of going to be hospitalized for probably another week before she gets to go home. And then, then she's going to be going through chemo and she's going to be sick. Okay. So like the one thing is also with, especially with animals who have family members, whether they're humans or pets that have cancer, it's important to tell the animals that, that yes, there is a strange smell and that's okay. That's just a sickness in their people's body or in their friend's body. Um, but that's to be expected. A lot of times cancer smell really freaks the animals out. And sometimes even like the chemo smell will freak them out and just tell them that that's okay and that's going to go away as as the human gets healthier and healthier. But let's actually talk to Momo and ask Momo, you know, like how, is Momo a girl or a boy? Momo is a girl. She's a Cocker Spaniel, about 10 years old. She's on the smaller side for a Cocker Spaniel and she's like beige with a little bit of white. And we want to just, let's see what she thinks about about her mom being away and what she thinks so, you know, what she thinks about, you know, why she's away. Yeah. I think my mom is in danger. 
And I think that it's scary now because everybody has anxiety about her health. So then when she leaves, I'm worried she's not coming back. Hmm. And that's a hard one because, right, like we think that she's coming back, right, but there's always Mm -hmm. a possibility that she won't. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, at this point, she'll probably come back for a little bit at some point, like in the next few weeks. Yeah. Like the other thing is, we'll tell them about that, but the other thing is that you can tell the animals that they can go and visit their people in their mind Mm. and that they can go. And, you know, um, I've heard a lot of times that that animals will go and like sleep with their people when they're in the hospital, like they'll send their energy there. And oftentimes the people really pick it up. They feel like their animals there sleeping with them. So I can tell Momo that she can do that. She can talk to her mom in her head and that she can go, she can go and visit her mom. Mm -hmm. I've done that and it's a little scary because my mom is scared. Mm -hmm. We'll say that, that it's normal to be scared. It's normal for her to be scared and for her mom to be scared. But it's really important to know that there is something greater than us and that there is something greater than our spirits are greater than our bodies. And so whatever the outcome, it's going to be okay. But she she most definitely will see her mom again. And that it's possible that her mom can live many more years. And so it's, it's important to sort of hold that image of her mom getting better mm-hmm. and um, living with her. And the more they hold the image, the more they can create that. Right. Yeah. I want to do that. My routine is different. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. And times when they come home is different. And that's really common, too, because when you have somebody sick, sometimes you're going to the hospital at odd hours and you're out of the house or they are left longer than they normally are. And so one of the things that you can do for your animals if this is happening in your home is to actually, like, talk to them about when you'll be home and sort of picture in your head what the what it's going to look like outside um, or what the um, – what the – what – what the? I just sent me the picture of the little dog outside. <laughs> that was cute. She's really cute. She's so cute. Oh my god. Oh, oh. So she's all blonde and has this like sweet little look to her, like a little worried look. She's so sweet. Um. But you can really think about it. And when you're away, like, if you're going to be late, you can, like, tell them in your mind, like, I'm going to be late. Like, think of them. Think of what they look like. Think about what they feel like. You just connect with them and then say, I'm running late. I'm going to be home way after dark. You're just going to be able to handle it. You know, can I break for a second and tell this, like, remarkable story? Mm -hmm. There was um, one of my friends recently um, died of cancer. She died on my birthday, actually. And, um... And um, her dogs were left home. I'm friends with, with uh, her her sister as well. And so um, they lived together. And so the two dogs were in the house. And um, and so they were at the hospital. And um, they had to leave the dogs in the house much longer than normal. They, they were, I think, left in the house like 15 hours or something. Mm-hmm. And um, so... When they got home, they were, like, amazed. When they when someone went to go let them out, they were amazed that they had them peed and pooped in the house. And um, it had been that um, that one of the dogs would go pee and poop in the house sometimes. You know, it was, like, one of the issues that they had with this dog. But this time, it was so amazing that the dogs didn't go pee and poop in the house. And so when I asked the dogs how did they do when they're – when one of their moms was, you know, was dying in the hospital and they were left home alone and they didn't get let out, they said to me, oh, Bob came and let us out. And Bob was one of their old dad who died. And they said, yeah, dad, Bob, Bob let us out and he played around in the yard with us and he gave us some food to eat. So pretty much what they were saying is that a spirit came to the house, let them out, and fed them. What? 
That's amazing. Yeah. So, and so one of the dogs has like this little, he has, sort of has this um, reputation of sometimes telling stories. Mm-hmm. But the other dog said the same exact thing. So I was like, oh my gosh. And I am like, I'm so amazed because it's, there are two things that are, that in my mind are seriously possible. Like it's possible that a spirit actually did come to the house, let them out and feed them or came to them and just gave that, that them that whole sensation of being taken care of. Right. But either way, that was the dog's experience. And I just find that so amazing and fascinating. That is amazing. That's really amazing. That's so cool. I know. So we have help from the other side all the yeah. time. Yeah. I I totally believe that. We definitely have help from all over the place. And, you know, it's interesting when you told me, uh, you were just talking about how we could tell Momo, like, she can come and, you know, energetically come and stay with my aunt. Um, my aunt apparently when she was sleeping one night, or actually my uncle was at home, and he saw my aunt's spirit at his house. No way! Yeah. So she, like, energetically sent herself over to my uncle's place, you know, back home to be with her family. Which was kind of interesting and kind of weird. And, you know me, I'm a little skeptic, and I'm like, that's weird. (laughs) You're a little... Yes, so funny. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we should probably get on with the show, but real quick, um, maybe we can talk to an animal who's been through someone who's, you know, had a hardship and passed away, and how did they deal with it? And I know you have a friend. Yeah, so one of my good friends, Enrique, had passed away on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, he was a longtime vegan and animal activist, and and um, his cat is still alive, and him and his cat were very, 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 very close. And so I thought maybe we could talk to Porcini. He, he's all—he's a black and white tuxedo, and he has like this little arrowhead um, marking on his forehead. He's black, and he has this little arrowhead marking on his forehead, and he's really and slender, and he's—he's he's about 17 years old. And I thought maybe we could ask him about what his experience was of and Enrique um passing away and and being left for and, when they yeah, were passed. Does he have uh, okay. any advice for other yeah, animals? Yeah, advice for Okay, okay, let's do that. Yeah, I do have advice. Don't listen too much to all the people's voices in their head in the house. Because it will drive you nuts. They're going through too much stress. And you don't want to take that all in. Pay attention to your person who's sick. And pay attention to yourself. And if they sit down and talk to you, listen to them. But don't listen to anything else. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty good advice because there's so much fear involved when somebody's sick. It's like you're constantly like thinking about all these different scenarios in your head of what's going to happen. And so he's pretty much telling the animals, don't listen to all of that. Yeah. And I think that's good advice for humans too. Like don't go to the negative so quickly to the worst case scenario, which is so easy to do when you hear words like cancer. Yeah. And that, you know, hope is alive. I mean, my mom was told she was going to die in two months, and she's fine now. So, you know, you never know. <laughs> you just yeah. never know. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go take some calls. Our first caller we have is um, a female beagle named Samantha. She's tricolored, and she passed away recently at 13, and um, her mom wants to know how she's doing. So let's talk to Samantha. Uh, hi, Danae. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Tell us about um, tell us about Samantha. Well, she passed away. Um, oh gosh, it's hard. Two oh. days after Christmas. Um, we chose to euthanize her because she had cancer and 
um, it was the only day she ever did not eat, and she didn't look well, and I couldn't see her suffering, so that was the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, let's get Samantha and see if she has anything she wants to say to you. Thank you. I want to tell my mom that it's fun here. I can run after things, and I can see really well. And I can even chase things like leaves. It's a young feeling. And I can lick a lot off of plates. Did she like to do that? She loved to do that. In fact, that's when I miss her the most, when I have a last bite on my plate and I have nobody to give it to. Oh, sweet. So she's saying that she's getting it in heaven, that somebody's giving her the licks off their plates. Did she used to chase leaves when she was young? She might. Yeah, she did when she was younger. But I took her to the park every morning. Oh. Oh, wait, she's saying something else. Mom, I want to tell you something. There's this woman here who's walking really fast. And she takes me for long walks. And she says, let's go, girl. And I have so much fun with her. She actually seems like like a family member of yours, I think, or maybe like a good friend. And she looks like um, she was very busy in life. Like she had, she was very productive and had a lot of things to do. She looks like she has a lot of energy. I don't know if when she died she had she could walk really fast, but she can walk really fast now. Do you know who that would be? It might be my friend Barbara. Is there a white symbol? She had a dog too. Is there another dog with her? Mm, Let me see. Yeah, there are lots of dogs here. I think it's Barbara. And she said there's a sing-song game. There's lots of songs. Did Barbara like music? Yes. Yeah, it's probably Barbara then. Aw, that's so nice. I'm I'm glad that she's doing well in heaven and she's got friends there. Good, because I go to bed thinking, I wonder what she's doing today, and I wonder if she has fun. Yeah, so you know what's interesting about that is then she answered your question by saying that she goes on walks and she... You know, it's it's interesting, like, if you put out there to, you know, this is for all of you who, you know, if you put out there a question to your pet, whether they're dead or alive, they will find a way to answer you. And so it's just important to sort of pay attention to your experiences and the things that you see and hear, and, and they'll eventually, they'll you'll get the message of what they're doing. It's just a matter of believing it. Thanks so much for calling in. We're going to try to get a lot of callers today, so... Thank you, Laura, for all you do. Oh, you're welcome. Wow. Wow. It's so hard when, you know, we kind of have like a little bit of a started with um, the hardships of life, which is, you know, sickness, death, and dying. Um, So that's always hard to deal with those things. But then, you know, it's so nice to hear when you hear the animals on the other side doing awesome, fun stuff. And to know know that is us that suffer when they exactly. go. I mean, it's so heart-wrenching for us, but for them, they really are in a good place. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's nice to be able to hear that side of it. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. now we're going to go to um, Stephanie, who has a black lab that passed away recently at 12 years old. It's a black lab named Tiza. Uh, hey, Stephanie. Let me let me get her. <laughs> hey, Stephanie. Hi, how are you? Hi, uh, tell, Stephanie. Tell us Hi, about Laura. Tiza. How are you? Um, Laura, it's Stephanie. I just want to know how Tasia's doing up in heaven. Oh, you know what? We just lost her, so we're gonna. So why don't you tell us about? Um, oh, it's Tasia. Tell us about. Um, tell us about her. 
describe what she looks like and um she's a black lab um she basically she was like my best friend loved her i talked to laura about her and laura actually gave me some help um in guiding me through by putting her down because she had cancer Mm -hmm. hi hi (laughs) so um so you want to who do you want to talk to today um, well, we should probably only pick one. I know you have two animals that you wanted to talk to, but we're trying to get to a lot of colors, so we should just pick one. Oh, uh, all right. So, well, obviously I know Tasia's doing okay up in heaven. I have a really seriously uh, question about Hazel, the one that we talked about, the pit bull, who I adopted finally. And she has separation anxiety, and I want to know, like, what's going on with her, like, we come home. I wanted to know that we're always going to come home and she's not very like lovable. Like she won't kiss us back. I don't know what it is if she's afraid. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So sometimes with the kiss is just for you all to know, like that is also, and we'll talk to Hazel about it, but like actually kissing you is like a form of submission. And like a lot of, like you'd be surprised. It's like some people are like, why will my dog kiss me? Tell me my dog will, Tell my dog to kiss me. And then other people are like, I hate it when my dog kisses me. Tell my dog to stop kissing me. Mm-hmm. So it could be possible that Hazel has been told not to kiss before. So well, I think she was abused. She was abused prior to this whole situation. Okay. Okay. So we'll talk to her about that too. And then you want to make sure that like when you're asking for a kiss, that you're not giving her eye contact. Because if you're giving her eye contact, it's polite of her for to turn away. Okay. So you want to make sure you don't look at her when you're asking for a kiss. Okay, let's okay. get her. Hazel, the gray pity. I want to tell you I love my new family. When they go away, I get a little sick to my stomach. I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm really lonely. What should I do? Um, so can you tell me what does she, what can she do? Like what do you have? Do you have toys for her? Does she have a window to look at? What can she do? Well, she has toy and she has Buddy at home. My other dog, Buddy. <laughs> so she can talk to Buddy? Right? She can talk to Buddy and she has she lots can... of toys. Yeah, she can play with her toys. And so when you say she has separation anxiety, what exactly does she do? Um, She was chewing at our um, banister, and then she got a hold of our shoes on New Year's because we weren't there, and she, like, chewed them up. So we figure, like, listen, maybe it's separation. Maybe there's a scent. We'll just leave the shoes out now that she destroyed them. Oh, no, no, never do that because then you're telling her it's okay to chew shoes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so never do that. She can only have dog toys. And then toys always have to have a home. They need, like, a basket or Yeah, mine do. Oh, good, good. And you might even want to contain her into a smaller area so that she feels more secure. But let me okay. let me tell her. And have bones for her to chew, too. Okay, I do have that. Yeah. And I'm going to tell her that she can only chew on her toys. Can they run me more before they take me out? Okay. I want to run more. Okay. Do you feel like she's getting enough enough uh, exercise? Uh, no, because we're afraid she. If we take her off, she's gonna run away. Oh. Okay. Maybe maybe find a way to exercise her more. Like take her for a big walk in the morning and. So the thing with pit bulls is that they have a lot of energy, so they need a lot of exercise, and they also need a lot of mental stimulation. So okay. are you doing training with her? Um, No, she's just very mellow, I guess, from her being abused. She's just a very mellow dog. Okay, so the more you train her with, like, sit, down, come, shake, roll over, wait, like anything, you know, anything you train her with, it builds up her confidence. 
And so any behaviors like this where she gets nervous and starts chewing things start to go away. You can even teach her to jump over things, you know, run under things, you know, climb on top of things, like do agility training with her and just get her to build her confidence up and then build a greater foundation of things to think about. So when she's all alone and she doesn't have anything to think about, she can think about how you've been, how she's been learning. So that's okay. really, really important for rescue dogs to train them, well, for all dogs, really, but for rescue dogs especially. I love my people, and I love my life. I'm going to tell her it's really important to pay attention to Buddy when she's, when she's left home alone and let him teach her what's appropriate. Yeah, he's really nice to me. <laughs> he treats me good. It's just I've never been left like this before. I'm going to tell her that all dogs, uh, all healthy dogs are left alone and that she's got to get used to it and that she's got to lick and yawn and blink her eyes and stretch when she's nervous. Yeah, I know how to do that stuff. And your people want you to kick them. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to lick your people. Yeah, okay, she says. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. Oh, Brent. So will you keep us posted, Stephanie? Let us know. All right, I will. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, okay, Stephanie. Okay, exercise and training. Uh, awesome. Um, what's the? You know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions sometimes. Like when you leave your pets alone, like people think, oh, they need like a giant space. But you were saying to maybe put her in a smaller area. Can you yeah, tell me so a little bit about that? So true, and I actually. I actually learned this from experience of my own. Like, I had this wolf dog, Maya. She was passed away, and she is the reason why I became a dog trainer and animal behaviorist. And and um, she's a wolf, so, you know, she needed a lot of space, and I thought that, like, she needed to be outside, right? Like, of course. Like, she needed to be outside, inside. But mm-hmm. what I found out is that, and she had major separation anxiety when I got her. And what I found out is that, when I when you give animals who are stressed like too much freedom like inside outside or like if you have a big house and you give them the whole house is that that's when they're going to be like fence fighting and barking all day and just riling themselves all up but if you actually contain them in a smaller space like lock them in just in the inside of the house or if you or if you have a bigger house and you lock them just in the kitchen or just in the kitchen living room, you'll find that the animals are more peaceful during the day and feel more secure. So too much space sometimes creates more anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we often think that it's going to give them more to do, but it do- it doesn't. So so you right. really want to like if my animal's having problems, contain them. If my dog is fence fighting and barking all day, let keep them inside the house. I see. Wow, that's good to know. I know it's definitely helped me before when I didn't know that either with my dogs in the past. So I know that it definitely works. Uh, but yeah. initially, I didn't know that, and I would always like try to put them outside or whatever, and then they would just want to come inside anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, people think, like, oh, crate training is mean or, you know, mm-hmm. and I used to have the dog, like, I grew up having dogs that had no issues, you know, and, and my first dog out of out of high school had really no issues. So, like, you think of, like, oh, training or, oh, like, crate training them, like, that's, like, why would you need that? Like, my dog is just fine, but they actually feel really safe in a crate. It's like they're den and, or, yeah, like, a little pet they love it, so, love it, love it. Yeah, they love it. So don't put your own – that's when we humanize animals too much by saying, I wouldn't want to be in that small space. I mean, yeah. you don't want to leave them there 12 hours a day. But no. But if you out or you run out and do shopping, they're just fine. Yeah. Uh, what's a Cornish Rex? What did you say? Cornish Rex. Do you know what that is? It's in my notes here. Uh, well, we got Luna – Anastasia's calling about Luna, who's a 13-year-old uh, with oh. cancer. Is that... It's a kitty, I think. Oh, Anastasia, is Luna a cat? Yep, she's a cat. Okay, so what does a Cornish Rex look like? She, they call them the greyhounds of the cat world. And oh. um, they're, they're, they have 
curly hair, and they only have one layer of fur. So they, it's it's curly and it's super super soft. It's like velvet velvet kitties, and they have big ears and long faces and noses and long legs, and oh. they're beautiful kitties. <laughs> oh, amazing! Um, and they're so known she... for not causing allergies. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it says here um, she has cancer right now? We we just adopted her, and I, it might be her brother or her son. We don't know. Her, the home she came out of, the uh, owner had dementia. And so we took uh, Luna and Smudge as her companion in October and um, have nursed them back to health from bad condition. And um, on Monday, she all of a sudden, like in two weeks, lost the weight and uh, stopped cleaning herself. So I took her to the vet on Monday, and uh, her belly is full of uh, fluid, which has some blood in it. And um, they said it's, oh. and they found a um, a nodule. So they said oh. that there's really nothing that we can do. And oh. uh, so oh, I just to be able to. I know it's awful. We, I mean, Laura helped me. We just lost a beloved kitty in July who was a Devon Rex, Cleo, and um, so we were really hoping that we would be able to give a long time home to these guys. Um, you know what happens sometimes is that sometimes these animals come into our lives so that they can die in peaceful homes. That's what and, it feels like. And that is, like, such an amazing gift that we can give them because I really believe that, that the days before an animal passes or the weeks before an animal passes and the way they are loved is mm. so important to the place that they get to on the other side. And sometimes we have no idea the extent of spiritual growth that these animals can go in in just a short amount of time. It's like burning off like tons of like karma or pain and, and, um, and I think that's important to sort of hold when you go through things like this because um, it's such a gift for them to be loved by us and it's such a gift to us to be able to help them in such an extraordinary way. But, yeah. but let's see what she um, has to say about how she feels and and do you want to ask her, like, like does she, how does she feel like she's dying? Is there anything she wants or needs? Yeah, what she wants and needs, what she, um, if she can kind of let us know when it's time. She's still eating and drinking, but she's down to five pounds, and she's oh starting to miss the the litter box. And um, I would like to talk to her about, you know, when her time is, and then also about Smudge, if she feels, uh, you know, what we need to do for him, because um, they're bonded, and he's very much, I mean, he cleans her, he takes care of her. Um, I don't. Maybe she can say what their relationship is. She might be his mother. I don't know. Okay, um, hold on. Let's get Luna. Okay. You know what I want? It's just to be warm. <laughs> She's in front of the heater all the time. Oh, she is. She yeah. feels good in this home. I have some pain, but not a lot. It's like my pain is hidden from me. Uh, it feel, it's like sometimes I have a lot and then it gets, gets taken away. Okay. I'll feel like I'll die peacefully. I'm getting so much attention. I'm not scared to die. I actually think it will be better for me. I think I made myself better just to enjoy this beautiful family. Smudge is my best friend. I think he's mine, but he was taken away from the family for a little while, then brought back. He's very important because he tells me a lot of things. He tells me when it's dark how to find food. I wonder why she maybe she might be having problems seeing at night. That's funny. He's got one eye that's wonky. And, uh, oh, he does? 
Yeah, he's got one eye that I don't think he can see out of. And so it's funny that that would be his role. <laughs> you know? I know. Like maybe he's like, got one super eye or something. Yeah. Or maybe like those shamans, you know how they say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the shamans are blind in one eye. Yep. Um. Okay. I'm going to be okay when I die. I'm not worried. They'll know because I'll tell them I need help. Okay. I'm really okay. It's really actually interesting because she feels very comfortable with the idea of death. And she feels like, just like I was saying before, that she came to you. It's like she was sick before and she revived to experience your family and now it's time for her to go. Yeah, it was interesting when we got her, she was five pounds, like I said, in bad shape. And um, she put on weight beautifully. Her, I mean, she just like bounced back within a couple of weeks. She was just a different cat. And she was like that for like a month and a half, you know, two months. And then it was just rapid decline. Oh. So that was the thing that was like, uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Tell them I love them and I'll be Okay. It's the other thing that's interesting about her is that she is, like, being, um, it's like her pain, like, there's this experience of deep, deep pain, and then it gets taken away. It's like something's buffering it so that she doesn't, it's like detaching the pain from Mm -hmm. her body. It's really interesting. I wonder if Cleo is working with her from beyond. I'll bet she is. I'll bet. And Cleo's your old kitty. I'll bet she is. I wonder if she's kind of hanging out. Yeah, we keep us posted on how she does. and yeah. yeah, and I'm just wondering if I should call the vet or if I feel like she's going to go to sleep on her own, and I just I don't know she if I'm being may, hopeful. I don't, yeah, I don't feel like it's time to call the vet right now. I think she's going to look at you, and you're if you're going to have to do that, she's going to look at you, and you're really going to know. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. That's how I feel like it's not yet. Just from, yeah. And then, you know, I I feel weird. I'm looking for another kitty for Smudge so that he's not alone, and that makes me feel guilty about, you know, I love her, and I don't want yeah. her to go. Well, I wouldn't. I'd maybe wait until she goes. Yeah, no, I wouldn't bring a cat in the house. Yeah. I just mean it's hard to find these kind of kitties. And so oh, I just kind of have... I wouldn't worry about that. The universe always provides. Yeah, that's it's true. It's yeah. so true. But it's too soon to think about that now. It's too soon exactly. for him. And, yeah. and uh and keep, you know, I know Laura, you've mentioned this before, but when you, you know, you say you'll know when when it's time if you do have to go that route, you'll know. Mm-hmm. And you'll really feel that in your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just went yeah. through this, so I have yeah. More faith in that than I used right. to. <laughs> well, good so. luck, and you know, keep us posted. Let us know. Um, you can um, always message us, and you know, we like to keep all of our listeners updated on what's going on. So, thank you so much for calling. Thanks for talking. Yeah, yeah. Take good care. Well. Good luck. Um, our next caller we have is Donna, with a male kitten named Nikki with white and gray black spots. Now. Uh, what I think is going on with Nikki is that um, he is biting her and other cats. So let's find out what is going on. Why Why do you think Nikki is biting you? Hi, Laura. It's Donna. Hi, Donna. Hi. Yeah. I, did, I did a session with you over the phone in the summertime in New Jersey at the shore, remember? Oh, great. And- yeah. Yeah, and remember I had just, uh, you probably don't, but it was, Katie was a seven-year-old tabby, and I had adopted, I was fostering Nikki, and I brought him in, and um, we had asked Katie if it was okay if if Nikki could come in, and um, she said, yeah, that's fine, but he is just really fresh, and he's been biting, attacking Katie and biting her too hard and biting me sometimes. Mm. He's playing too rough. When he bites you, does he break the skin? Yeah, he does. And he jumps on her and grabs her ears and really bites on them hard. And okay. so she's young. She's like allowing him to be around, but she's really, he keeps, she's not bonding with him because he really hurts her. 
And so does she ever tell him to stop? Yeah, she swats at him. You know, she just hits at him on his, on his head, but she doesn't bite him back. But she, she tries to set her boundaries, but he doesn't respect them. And when she does that, so when she does that, he doesn't respect them. He keeps coming. Yeah, he he does back off a little bit, but it doesn't seem to last. Like when he gets all excited, he just overdoes it again with her and with me too. He bites my hands. Okay. And um, so tell me this, is he indoor or outdoor or is he just indoor? They're both indoor. Okay. And he's clawed, right? He has his claws? Yes, they both have claws. Okay, good. So, um, so the one thing that we have to remember, and this is for puppies and dogs, he's only six months old. So it takes him a while to actually be conscious and to start reading body language signals. They're still learning how to pay attention. So it's really important that when when um, when his sister, what's his sister's name again? Katie. When Katie, when Katie bats Nikki, if Nikki doesn't listen right away, you need to step in and turn Nikki away and get him to walk away. Okay. Really important because he's got to start to learn that no means no and what happens is in puppies and kittens sometimes they misinterpret a bat from their siblings or from their friends as yeah let's play harder and so that's common so you just have to kind of keep at it and um the other thing is is if you are able like with the ones that are, like, really intense, like the cats that are really intense with this and they're indoor, I often suggest that you do train them also. Like, you could do clicker training with them or you put them on a harness and take them outside because they need to kind of open up their stimulation and see, like, what else is going in the world and start to experience different things so it's not all focused on the sibling. Okay. So, and that's for, like, more high-drive animals. And some are just more high-drive than others, and the in-home environment is not stimulating enough. So you kind of have to take up the slack on that. But okay, let's yeah, tell- I'm just afraid to have them go out and have something happen to them. Well, I would put them on a harness and put them on a leash. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer. Like, a lot of people say to me, I'm scared to put on a harness and put them on a leash because I'm scared if they get used to the outside, they'll want to go out all the time and they'll sneak out. Mm-hmm. Not to teach them to wait at the door. And unfortunately, I've seen so many cats who've never been outside escape, and since they've never been taking out on a leash and they've never been outside, those are the ones that get lost. If you take it, Cats out on a leash, they're much likely, less likely to get lost if they do get out by accident. Okay. Um, so when, he, okay. when he's biting at my hands and my feet, and I, I just turn him around and push him away and say no? Yeah, you want to tell him no, and you want to tell him leave it. The other really important thing, and this is more about animal training, but well, a couple different things. You want to actually visualize in your head him stopping and turning okay. away. And licking and yawning and stretching and walking away. Blinking is up. Those are really important that you picture that in your head. But also you create a boundary, what's appropriate. Like a foot is appropriate. So you want to make sure that when you push him away, you push him to a foot, you hold your hands there for a second, and then you retreat your hands. The main thing that people do, the big mistake that people make with puppies and kittens is they kind of shove their animals away and then their arms ricochet back. And when their arms ricochet back, you look like a toy. So you need to actually push to the same boundary each time, like a foot each time, be really clear, and then take a breath, hold your space for a second, and then slow release back. It would be much more understood. And when do you say leave it? At what point do you say leave it? They leave it too. You can teach them to leave it. Like like leave, if they're chewing, leave whatever they're going after. Um, and you can say leave it and really stern and sort of give them the evil eye too. When they're actually in that crazy behavior, you just want to be really stern and like an animal, leave it. Once they calm down, you can say to them, the reason why I'm having you leave it is because when you bite me, it hurts. But 
not at that exact moment. At the exact moment, really clear, your English words, very, very limited. They have to learn a vocabulary when you talk to them out loud. So very, very limited. And I, um, and I, pull him, I should pull him off of Katie if he's keeping an eye at her? Yes, yes, help her. Help okay. her. Help. All right. Yeah. And he's six months. you got another year of this maybe, like six months to a year. Just he's not fully conscious yet. You know, it takes him a little while to really get it. But let's talk to him and, and tell him he needs to chill out a little bit. Okay, um, okay he's white with gray and black spots. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you, and I say play, play, play. And when she doesn't want to play, I get a little mad. And then I bite her, and I say, play, play, play. So I'm going to tell him that, and this is important, to tell all young animals, you would have more, you would have more friends, and others would play with you more if you were more gentle, if you only, like, used your mouth very, very lightly. And if you, and when your sister bats at you, it's important that you turn away. I want to play chase things games. Lots of chasing games. He's very athletic. She would play with like a string or throw a ball. Yeah, I need that a lot. I love chasing games. Oh my gosh. That's funny because I just bought him a, a stress, one of those wands with a feather on it, and he goes crazy over it. God, you're going to have to do that like an hour a day. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> it's, yeah. that could be, it's hard, but they they do love that game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to think, too, you have a young animal. you got to teach them how to stimulate them. And then the other main thing, too, is that indoor cats, what they ask for the most are bird feeders outside, bird baths outside, water fountains outside, water fountains inside, um, anything that blows in the wind, so like a flags, wind chimes, any lawn ornaments that blow in the wind, things to climb, classical music, jazz music, those are, and the toys, of course. Those are the main things. So if you have yeah. you want to get Thanks. Thanks for calling in, Donna. Okay. I just sound like I have to stimulate them a little more. I really appreciate the call. Yeah. Oh. On in. Yeah, thanks. I always um I forget about the uh, the wind chimes and all that. I think you had mentioned for me to get a bird feeder for Rosa. I, I still got to get that for her. Yeah, they love it. Hummingbird feeders, like all that stuff. Love it. So should I put it right outside her window where she hangs yeah. out? Yeah, like a bird bath. Oh, they just cute. Hours. Staring at it, and that's it. It's, what's amazing about it too is that don't they won't just like just like sit there and like drool over wanting to hunt, but mm-hmm. they'll things to me like, oh, there was a yellow-breasted bird that came to the wind that came to the feeder today, or or where did all the red birds go? Like they're they're really watching like each bird that comes, and mm-hmm. you know they'll even say things like the birds told me, you yeah. Know, and they'll, Say what the birds told them. So you know, That's it's cool. not just to stimulate a hunting response. Right, right. <laughs> cool. Okay, we're running out of time, but I want to get to one more caller. Uh, we have Mary with a cat, um, male cat. It's a red Russian Maine Coon, red long hair, seven years old. Um, his behaviors changed a lot in the past month. Used to be affectionate and is all of a sudden now scared. So. Um, Mary, what what's your cat's name? Joey. Joey. Okay. Um. So what what's changed in the last month? Well, he was always just totally cuddly. He would like herd us up to bed, and now he jumps out of bed. If we put him in there, he's scared. Um, also, we noticed that first, just walking, he would run and hide. If you're walking in his direction. Uh, we can pick him up and pet him and try and calm him down and talk to him. But he's just, he doesn't want to 
cuddle as much. He started a new medication, and I called to see if maybe that made him paranoid, but they said it shouldn't have that side effect. Wait, but so it started after the medication? Yes. And I don't know if it was related or... They said he has a mass in his nose, and we're kind of worried maybe it spread to his brain, and that's why he's scared. Or if he's in pain, or if, you know, something happened we didn't know about that scared him. But he was never afraid before. And, so and I know he mass, still loves us, but he's What's not. the mass in his nose about? That's, um, they did a biopsy, and it came back, did not show malignancy, but my vet thinks it's cancer anyway and thinks he just couldn't get a really good sample. I think you should get a second opinion. Um, but let me get him. But I think you should get a second opinion because I don't know. It's what's interesting about the meds too. It started after. But hold on, let's get him. Yeah, my my vet's advice was well, he's doing so much better. His nose was just running all the time. We finally took an X-ray and found the mass. But he said if it's an infection, I mean, it's anyway. Uh, yeah, antibiotics. Yeah. Second opinion, even if you have a really good vet. Okay, hold on a second. Let me. I gotta tell you something. He said. Oh please, yeah. I do get really dizzy. Oh. When I'm in bed with them, I start to spin. I'm spinning a lot. Hmm. It's the kind of spinning that makes you nauseous too. And I don't like the feeling at all. And I also have a pain in my stomach. It doesn't feel good. I think I need to get better. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because the spinning could be like, um, it could be like, like I'm, I mean, since he's got it somewhere in his nose or something could be, pushing on his occipital nerve, which is, like, near the ear, and that could make him dizzy. But also that could be a side effect of the medication. We changed it today, so maybe we'll see a difference. But he, yeah. Okay, so it's either something. something. Stomach ache. I don't like the way he's feeling. Okay. I don't like it at all. And I don't don't feel like I have cancer. Oh, good. I don't feel like I do. God, I wonder if it's just the meds. Yeah. Why is he even on a med? Well, his nose was running constantly for like a month, and uh, they took an X-ray and saw a mass in his nose. The question is, is it just an infectious mass or cancer? So we've been treating with antibiotics. And he, like, so much better with antibiotics, his nose is not running at all. And until about, like, if I take, if he misses one day, his nose starts to run. So yeah. as long as he's on them, his antibiotic, he seems normal, except for oh, he was I think I need afraid. to take him to a specialist. I take him to a okay. specialist. Okay. Well, let us know what happens to Joey. This is interesting. Um, I hope he feels better. Joey's not afraid. He's just not feeling well, huh? No, he feels really sick. It's like every time you go to sort of pick him up, he's spinning. Like, it reminds me of uh, of being really drunk and having the spins. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. And I appreciate all you do. Oh, thank you. I hope Joey feels better. Me too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mary. Daddy doesn't feel like he has cancer. Yeah, that's a good sign. It's a really good sign. Yeah, I hope we find out later what happened. Because I want to know. I want to know what's going on. And isn't it interesting, um, do you take, I thought antibiotics, you just take those while you're sick or something, and then you eventually get off of them. Yeah, that's another reason why I think they should get a second opinion, because... I don't know why that would be where the antibiotics, I mean, unless it's an infection that it's only, it's not, the root of it is not being cured. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's got a foxtail up his nose or something, and that's the infection and lump, you know? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I hope you feel better, Joey. Me too, Joey. Um, We, who's the barking in the background there? 
I know. That's the little Michelle's naughty pupperoon. <laughs> Everyone in the chat room is like, who is that? Is that Storm King? I'm like, no, that's not no, Stormy, but who is that? I'm in Bend, Oregon, visiting my friends, and she's got she's got uh, three dogs. And, and so they're downstairs. There's probably, like, deer outside or something, but it's snowing here. And Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, like, 18 degrees. And Mm-hmm. Who's the barky one? Do they are they listening to the show or are they just barking at something outside? I actually think okay, there's a um, Jack Russell named Marley who is the barker, but I actually think that's Bumble, the Springer Spaniel, who's barking. Oh. But they stop now. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's time for words of wisdom. If they have anything to say, they're welcome to chime in on our show today. Uh, but I know we were going to have Storm King on um, for his segment. Is he ready? Yeah, let's, let's do Stormy. Storm, calling Stormy in California. Ring, ring. Stormy's not here with me in Oregon. Ring, ring, Storm King. I got to tell everyone I've been listening. And I think the most important thing, when anyone is sick, is to imagine their blueprint of health. It's so important. Imagine what it feels like to be healthy and what it looks like to be healthy. And eventually, you will be healthy. That's a good one. I like that. The blueprint of health. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that, Storm. Thank you. Uh, Anyone else itching to say something to the world? Tom Tom. So I've got Tom Tom here, and he's a little kitty cat. He's been sitting with me for the whole show. We can ask him what he wants to say. Okay. What do you want to say? Did you hear words of wisdom? What would you like to say? I have an idea for everyone. If your person ever gets sick, just love them and they'll feel better. Animals are the best lovers. You can help your person just by loving them. (laughs) So true, you should see him here. He's literally sitting on my lap with his head on the table. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Tom, what can we do? Um, let's ask one of the animals, well, what can we do when you're not feeling well? Tom, Tom, what do you think? What can we do when you're not feeling well? I've always been really strong. <laughs> okay, so what's that Stormy? Because Stormy's good at that. Yeah. Leave me alone if I don't feel like being touched. And imagine me healthy. I love love from afar. And that's what I've been doing to him, actually, when I've been gone. I've just been sending them, like, love and, like, imagining my love, like, surrounding my animals. Mm -hmm. And I did that one morning for them. And my pet sitter texted me and said that they were running around all playing in the morning. Like, they got extra energy. (laughs) Oh, awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's really important for all of us to remember that you can send your animals, um, you know, lots of love and anytime you think about them and you can picture them in your mind and talk to them, that's what this show is all about. That's what Laura's taught me. Um, yeah. you, you want to say anything about that, Laura? No, I mean, it's just exactly what you said. It's so important to talk to them and picture everything that you're saying and believe that they hear you and understand you. And just the more, like, people are always so worried about, like, I don't know if I can, like, actually picture it. Just be clear with what you're saying. And, you know, they'll get it. And just think in the positive and be positive in your lives and, and just expect good to come of talking to them and expect good to come in your future. And it will. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, it's the end of the show. Go to thepetpsychic.com for more information about communicating with your animals. You can also get your free reading, not free reading, the reading consultation that you can order with Laura 
on um, on thepetpsychic.com. You can also go to facebook.com, thepetpsychic, or Pet Psychic Radio for our Facebook page and check it out. And we'll see you next week. Talk to the animals. Bye, everyone. Talk to the animals. She can talk to the animals.